Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm Hill Spratt Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm recording this on Wednesday, December 29th, ahead of our second matchup in a matter of a couple of days with the Chicago Bulls. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas holiday season. The new year is coming up. A lot of fans down here in the state of Georgia who are supporters of Georgia Bulldogs are ready for New Year's Eve as they take on the Michigan Wolverines to try to right their wrongs to get after their loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide in the SEC Championship game. So a lot of excitement. And I know I had a really good Christmas with the family. Christmas could have been better. And I know you guys think the same with the Hawks finally getting a Christmas Day game, but not having Trey Young available. Capella comes back from COVID, obviously. You have to watch your conditioning because of those symptoms, and they fall flat on Christmas Day. Uh, defensively, you know, not terrible, um, but not good enough to win. Not good enough to win against the New York Knicks. Uh, only give up 101 points, but they can only muster 87 points, which is the lowest output of the season. So we're going to talk a little bit about just more bad luck with COVID, uh, which is something that the Hawks did not have to really struggle with last year. They didn't have a big COVID outbreak on the team last year. And now this year, it is a huge, huge issue for this Atlanta Hawks team. It's something that we have to navigate on top of, you know, our woes on the defensive end in, you know, stalls on offense. There are just a lot of things that we have to continue to work through. So we're going to talk through the bad luck in a short, brief episode to see if they can turn it around tonight. So we're going to get into all this after this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, 
Sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. As I said before, the Christmas Day game, Hawks lose one-on-one to 87. No Trey Young, which is one of the main reasons why this game was on, on you know, Christmas Day. Because fans want to see that Trey Young versus the Knicks, but the Madison Square Garden crowd dynamic. That's what they wanted to see. And we had to play with who we had to play with. And Hawks just struggled offensively on Saturday. It, they just struggled. I mean, leading scores were DeLon Wright, who had a great game. Great game. 20 points, 8 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 5 from 3, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. John Collins added 20, but on 18 shots. So, played really good defense, especially in the paint against him. And the, the Hawks in general struggled in the paint. Uh, the Knicks played really good defense, which I said in a previous episode that you could expect Thibodeau to have a good defensive game plan, and they did. Um, to go along with that 20 points, John Collins did have eight rebounds. Cam Reddish struggled mightily from the floor. Coming back from that ankle injury a few days before that versus Philadelphia, he scored 10 points, shot four of 15 from the floor, one of eight from three, added six rebounds, three assists. Capella, who played 28 minutes, coming out of COVID protocols, had six points, nine rebounds, shot two of seven from the floor, three fouls. Bogey struggled mightily from the field, eight points on 12 of, uh, sorry, two of 12 shooting and two of eight from three. Again, he struggled inside the three-point line as well, added five rebounds and four assists. And off the bench, Skylar Mays added a, a little lift with 11 points, but outside of him and Gorgie Jang, uh, Jalen Johnson got 15 minutes, had four points, seven rebounds, so a lot of fans were happy to see that, but... We just didn't have the horses. We did not have the horses, and we did not have the offensive flow to combat the defensive game plan that the Knicks had, basically. That, that's just the best way to put it. You know, Julius Randle did his thing, 25 points, 12 rebounds. He had six three-pointers. He has a lot of great games versus the Hawks. He, um, in the words of my man, Mr. Walker, if you're listening to this, certified Hawks killer. Julius Randle is a certified Hawks killer. And then you have Kimball Walker, who everybody is talking about his triple-double. Only shot 3 of 12 on the floor, 2 of 9 from 3. So a really bad offensive performance from him as far as scoring the ball and shooting. But 12 assists and 10 rebounds, so a triple-double. 48 added 15. Uh, Barrett came back from COVID protocol, only had 9. Grimes, big three-pointers off the bench. Five of them, to be exact, for 15 points. OB Toppin added 13 points. So they got contributions off the bench. They had somebody, you know, leading the way and Julius Randle doing his thing. And they shared the ball. I mean, they had 28 team assists to the Hawks 23. And like I said, that magic number 24. And, you know, the Hawks lose on the glass as far as the rebounding margin. And when you shoot below 40% from the floor and from three, you're not going to win. And it's not like the Knicks shot lights out either they shot 40 percent from three and 44 percent from the field but and I, and I gave the Knicks credit and you know you, you have people trolls on the internet that it was like oh uh 
they they only scored 101 points against a quote-unquote G League team. First off, calling this Hawks team a G League team when you have three starters in your starting lineup is disrespectful to the Hawks. So I had to put that out there. And two, anytime you make 23-pointers, no matter you know the percentage, 23s is a lot of threes. And that was the main reason why the Knicks won was shooting the three ball. I mean, out of their 38 mixed from the floor, 20 of them were threes. That's going to help you. And then when you look at the Hawks out of their 33 makes, only 13 of them were from behind a three-point line. So if you're going to point to something for why they won, it's going to be, you know, just the ability to knock down a three ball that the Knicks possessed on Christmas Day. They played out of their minds. It wasn't like we turned the ball over a lot. We did give them 13 fast break points. But it comes down to just, just not having the horses on offense and then bad offense turning into bad defense. And it wasn't even terrible defense. Like I said, the numbers don't lie and the score doesn't lie, but just did not have enough on Christmas Day to try to get past the New York Knicks. And then they come home, you get Trey Young out of COVID protocols. We're happy. We're excited. Trey Young is back. But. It's like a revolving door right now with COVID. When one player is out and, and or another player, you know, comes back, another player has to go out. It just seems like that. DeLon Wright entered COVID protocols himself. John Collins and Jalen Johnson have entered the league's COVID-19 health and safety protocol, which obviously Kevin Herter is still on that list. Yes, we did get Trey Young back. We had to sign Sean D. Brown to a 10-day hardship deal. And... At this point, it's about getting people back. I mean, the Hawks have embarked on extremely terrible luck this year with injuries and the lack of continuity, the bad start. They come back to get to 500, and now they're three games below 500 at 15 and 18, which is right outside a playing game spot in the East right now. And we just have to weather this storm of COVID right now. Like I said, we were fortunate that we didn't have to deal with this last year, but this is something, I mean, it speaks to the times and this variant that is out there it is more contagious, even though the symptoms may not be worse, which the league did switch it from 10-day isolation to 5-day isolation, which is a plus. So we could get some players back soon, but when they come back, like David Millen was talking about with Capella on Christmas Day, you got to monitor conditioning. Same thing with Trey Young the other night. Yes, he had 29 points against the Bulls, which offensively in that game, having Trey Young back was a big difference maker because it added some more offensive firepower. They lose John Collins, but you get Trey Young. Trey Young, although not efficient from the floor, and he played 40 minutes, which was a shock to me. Uh, 29 points, 9 assists, 8 of 23 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3. And then you have Bogey. Kind of wake up out of his little slump. He had 20 points, 7 to 15 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3. And then Cam Reddish with another 30-point performance in the last, you know, five games or so. 33 points, 11 to 23 from the floor, 8 of 13 from 3. And then you get some contributions on the bench. Gorgie Jane with 12. And then Skylar Mays, you know, 100% from the field in 17 minutes, 6 points. But... Just bad luck going against the Bulls, who just had a great shooting night. A great shooting night. The Hawks shot north of 40% from the floor, so better 
than they did against the Knicks and 44% from three, which is better than what they did against the Knicks. But do you let the Chicago Bulls score 130 points at home again? The home losing streak continues. The Bulls shot 54% from the floor and almost 49% from three. You're not going to win games giving that up. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, 35 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 14-20 from the floor. Vucevic, 24 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists. He had four three-pointers himself. Zach Levine, 30 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. He had five three-pointers. Kobe White had 13 with three three-pointers himself. And then off the bench, you had, you know, Thomas with 9 points. All three of his mates, three-pointers. So the three ball has been killing the Hawks as of late. And that is, you know, defensively, you got to close out the three-point line. You got to run them off the three-point line and force contested jump shots inside the three-point arc. You have to do it. And But so many people just coming in and out of the lineup for the Hawks. I mean, it's it's a tough ask. It really is. And, and as frustrating as it is, and I know that, as Hawks supporters, you want to see wins. We have to weather this COVID storm. Again, looking at the numbers, 22 team assist. You got to have more assists outside of Trey Young. You got to share the ball, move the ball. Only 10 turnovers. They're not turning over the ball. Turnovers is not what's killing them. I think it's ball movement and defense. That is a, that's a running theme this year, no matter who's been in the lineup. We have to move the ball around, and we have to play defense. We have to. And 130 points at home, no matter who we're playing, is unacceptable. You have to protect home court no matter who is on the floor. And now, obviously, we go back on the road to take on Chicago tonight with a team that has played a lot better on the road. And that's no secret. <laughs> the Hawks are in the midst of a winning streak on the road while they have a losing streak at home, which is just odd. It's just very odd to me. That that's what's going on. And right now, when you look at the injury report, Bogey is slated to be out. DeLon Wright, obviously, COVID protocol. Gorgie Jang is expected to be out. So, who will play for the Hawks tonight? That's a big question. And I didn't want this to be a long episode because there really wasn't a lot to talk about because it's just a lot of bad luck. Yes, we got Trey Young back. We're going to see if we can continue to get pieces back like Kevin Herter. Um, the five days from 10 days is a big development. So that will be something to monitor as far as who comes back and when. But like I said, we have to monitor conditioning for those players and monitor, obviously, the symptoms that they did have. If they have had, did have shortness of breath or anything going on with their chest, conditioning is going to be a big part of managing minutes, which is something that at times Naaman Millen has struggled with. But... We have to play with who we have. And if you're a Hawks supporter, it's tough. I mean, I was, you know, at work yesterday talking to a Hawks fan about, you know, the team. And I just said, hey, we just got to gotta weather the storm. It's tough. It is bleak right now. And especially after the success that the Hawks had last year, we want to repeat that success. And last year it was injuries. This year is COVID mostly. It's mostly COVID. Hawks continue to just get thrown adversity after adversity after adversity. And take it for somebody who supports the New Orleans Saints. 
uh, on the football side of things in the NFL, all the adverse adversity that they have gone through as a team, it is certainly tough to watch as a fan. So just remain remain faithful. Keep the faith. Um, if you jumped off the bandwagon, you know, shame on you. This team will turn it around. They will turn it around because they're going to look at themselves in the mirror. They're going to look at the standings and say, hey, we're better than this. They're going to look at the Eastern Conference, and I think they're going to string together some games at some point once they get the majority of this team back. But it's going to be a slow, meticulous process that we must be patient with. We have not been patient as fans here in Atlanta this year. We want that instant success that we had last year. So we have to continue to just monitor the injury report, monitor the COVID list, see who's coming back, see how we work them back into the lineup. And I think when we look back up right now, we're three games below 500. Next thing you know, we're going to be three games above 500. And then next thing you know, maybe six games above 500. If they continue to put a little stretch together that maybe in a 10 game stretch, you win six in a 15 game stretch, you win nine, 10. Uh, I can see this team doing that, but it's going to have to come on the defensive end, making that commitment for players coming back. Yes, people are trying to find a rhythm in their shot. People have been excited about Cam Reddish, and rightfully so. He looks great right now because he's getting opportunities. But he has had these moments in games where they may not have won. I want to see more team basketball, and not just not just on Cam Reddish. This is the entire Hawks team. Team assist is a team stat. And we know that Cam Reddish does not share the ball normally. So we need everyone to buy in on getting a certain number of passes before the first shot is up. The drill that people do um, in practice. I know Nate McMillan has talked about that drill. And you see numerous of teams playing basketball around the world who do drills like that. So continue to focus on ball movement, getting people touches, getting other people involved in the offense. So it's a spread out attack and not isolated to just three players, which we've been seeing and making a commitment on the defensive end, running people off the three point line, guarding the three point line, challenging contested mid range jumpers and protecting the paint three level defense, three level scoring. That's what we want to see. So that is pretty much all in this episode, guys. We have to just keep the faith. And, you know, I'm optimistic. You already know I'm going to come in here and be positive. We'll be critical about things that we need to be critical about. But we got to call it for what it is. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans, NBA fans, basketball fans. Doesn't matter if you're a fan of a fan of a fan. Put them on to this show. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, 67. Like I said, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful new year if I don't get back to you before then. But certainly interested to see how they make adjustments going up to Chicago and playing a hot Bulls team who is now second in the East right now. And right now we're 10th, 11th. So we have some work to do. And like I said, next man up starts tonight. So we'll catch you guys next time here on the Sports Ethos Hawks Team Coverage Podcast.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.